three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season three, episode eight, and remember to like and subscribe if you haven't yet. Remember also that we are part of the Amidala Initiative, a fundraising campaign in favor of trans rights. So if you haven't, check it out. We leave all the links at the bottom. We have all the information on Twitter, so check it out. Mm -hmm. And without further ado, we are going to continue our conversations about one of the shows that we believe is really underrated, but we love mm -hmm. a lot, Star Wars Rebels. Now, mm -hmm. we said we were going to be talking about different themes, and today we're going to be talking about all those amazing Kree shirts throughout, throughout the show that have a connection to the Force that mm -hmm. call into the lie that only Sith and Jedi can have Force powers. So <laughs> what do we think about all these amazing creatures throughout Rebels? It's, it's, it's a great expansion to the Lord experience of what mm -hmm. Star Wars is. You know, it, it, it is more inclusive. It, it promotes, we do have to remember, I mean, ultimately we're all like adults loving this short, this cartoons, but they are yeah. children's cartoons. Like we, mm -hmm. they, there has to be a central theme that promotes compassion and more empathic understanding of your surrounding what is your impact in nature you know mm -hmm. especially growing up we we believe the world and the universe revolves around us and that is never the case like we have to mm -hmm. learn how how to you know let let aside our idea of the cent being the center of everything and mm -hmm. see how we are just one of everything and i think the portrayal of like force sensitive and like creatures just enriches what the force is what is the idea of like like since the beginning like it's been told like the force is that that like it binds us it combines us it's everything mm -hmm. around us it's it's life it's mm -hmm. so the hubris of humans to think that only the jedi and the sith yep. are the ones that have like exclusive power or authority over this yeah. force that's it's naive to say mm. the least uh and and i think that's what it shows us that the force is way more mysterious than any of the uh, schools that we've been thought mm -hmm. while at the same time showing that just because you don't understand certain things doesn't mean you can commune with them you can't be at peace with them and even from both sides, like I think Ethra and Kanan to some degree show, show us that by letting aside those like ego-based experience that, oh, yes, I'm the only one that knows how to use the force and manipulate it or mm -hmm. use it, and just surrender to that experience, then there's a an aspect of growing. Uh, and I, mm -hmm. no, no, not, not only Ethra, I mean, we see Ahsoka, we see... Sabine, yes. we see uh, all of the characters influenced. Thrawn, you see, like at the end, all of them are influenced by force sensitive creatures that do not use words, but they do use and understand the force to some degree and effort. And I think that's beautiful. Like, I'm just, I'm, I, I was very sad. I think that's one of the things that I just loved about Rebels is the fact that it includes and expands to how the force uses and is influenced through nature. 
in a very mm-hmm. holistic approach and while at the same time being a, a teaching instrument for every everybody from every age yeah that's really well put i mean it's mm-hmm. because there is growth not only when they commune with these creatures there's growth in their knowledge of the force and their power grows as well you know because throughout that understanding i mean when Kanan first encounters the Bendu, he had been blinded. And the Bendu mm. teaches Kanan to expand his sight through the Force, something that Kanan would have never believed was possible. And this creature is teaching him all these things. Like, it, it's this mystery about the Force. And I think what this show does also is we see, it's also this, this love, like you were saying, of nature, but, you know, the planet itself it harkens back very much to the whole, you know, Mother Earth kind of mentality, how these creatures are kind of part of that Earth and are trying to protect their own planets and, you know, are part of how that force works specifically to those planets. And then obviously we see Mm -hmm. a lot of it in Lothal because the show is very centered around it, but we see Mm -hmm. a lot about it, you know, in Atalon with the Bendu and and everything. So I think it's very, very good to start, you know, aiming all that kind of, awareness into children that it's not just human centered it's about nature and the creatures that we share the Mm -hmm. world with and all of that so it it is one of the things that I really loved about Rebels that I was not expecting when I started watching it and I was like wow this is so good and it's so different from a lot of what we've seen in Star Wars and I really hope that we get more of that again in Star Wars shows so we'll see yeah absolutely i think uh, it's interesting right because for me like the first takeaway that i had from seeing like how these animals or beasts right or however we're you know framing this this part of nature right this living part of nature it's that it's diametrically opposed in a way to how we've seen creatures usually framed in other media especially when looking at locally with star wars especially with the you know the Clone Wars, which every time I think about Clone Wars, I think about the Zillow Bees, and I always think about that arc of episodes and how tragic it is that it's this, like the last creature of its kind, and instead of us being kind to it, the show just decides to destroy it. And it's, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a purpose to it because it's Palpatine showing that he doesn't care about life. Mm-hmm. He only cares about what he can uh, gain from from something else for his own power which in that narrative it kind of makes sense but in 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 the whole of the show right we're we're not we don't have like that sensibility to creatures in the kind of poetic sense that rebels does so mm-hmm. every time we encounter like a loth cat or a loth wolf or the fernox or the purgle or the, the spiders right especially and especially with the scarier animals that are supposed to be yeah. like the you know the evil ones that are out to get you the show kind of pivots from being like well we should we just be afraid of like an animal just because it looks scary should we just pivot away and think that they're an enemy because they're just doing they're defending themselves it's like right. and it's what you were getting at mo it's like we're the protagonists of our story so we always think that someone that is in opposition in one circumstance it's our enemy and I think we do that with creatures all the time. It's just like, okay, this, this is a scary looking creature and they're defending themselves like, you know, against me because they're afraid of me. So that, so in my, in my hero mentality, my ego self, then they're my enemy and they're a creature that I have to destroy. And that's always 
or not always, but usually how narratives are built around creatures. It's like, oh, this is an obstacle to slay, right? The mythical dragon, right? We have to slay the dragon. We have to slay the beast. And Rebels doesn't do that. It does the opposite. It's like, no, because we are all part of that cosmic force. Right? We're all part of the living force. And it ties thematically very directly in that sense to the Joda arc when he you know, goes to the force and meets the yeah. wills and sees that connection that we always talk about. We always talk about, oh, the forces and everything, blah, 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 blah. But then when we have to kill an animal, we don't think, you know, we don't think twice about it. So I it's think- like, It's like minorities. Special. Right, <laughs> no. exactly. It's like, oh, well, this is not who we are. Yes, it is. It always has been. Eh. But- uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, and there's this terrible treatment of even if they're like your enemies, otherwise you have to either control them or tame them or make it your pet, or they're just pests that you, you know, swat out of your way, which was the treatment that they were doing to the Purgles originally. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, Hera uh, was just like, they're, they're pests. It doesn't matter what happens to them. They're involved in a lot of crashes. They're, you know, total nuisances. And then mm -hmm. the Purgles end up saving the entire right. ghost right. crew once, you know, Ezra establishes a connection with them. And then it right. turns out that there's so much more than they seemed and can actually, you know, cross space and time Mm -hmm. within themselves you know what, a, <laughs> Which was... what an awesome creature like at first i remember seeing rebels and when the pearls <laughs> came out i'm like are these space whales and space i know they can travel through hyperspace and then yeah i was like this is i'm not gonna say dumb but weird and like the like the more the pergles were on screen i'm like no this is cool this is like the school this is cool this is the kind of weird that i like like this is exactly <laughs> what star wars needs and the pergles are so fun and you know it's a it's an innocent animal that's just like so pure in its yeah. existence and you know and just trying to colorful. travel yeah. the galaxy and you know be on their yeah. way and do their migrations or whatever it is that they're doing and then at the end they're the key to defeating Thrawn so mm -hmm. <laughs> this character that you kind of see in this one episode early on and you know it's just it seems like a standalone little episode that's really cool that we can see these mm -hmm. whales that can travel through hyperspace and then the Bendu has that episode with Thrawn that tells Thrawn that his demise was going to come from like cold arms grabbing him and everything. And then you see the end and it's, you know, the tentacles of the Purgle just wrapping everything and going to hyperspace. And yep. it just, it's so well conceived the entire series. I love it. Yeah. We're going to see Purgles in live action in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mark my words. <laughs> That's a joke. We're not. Although it would be awesome if we did. Eh. <laughs> It'll, it'll be amazing. But yeah, or just Obi Obi Wan riding a purple to go and rescue someone. That would be, uh, don't get me started. Oh, I got excited all of a sudden, and you don't want yep. the enthusiasm I had on last episode. And uh, bring it down. <laughs> you got to bring it down. Bring it back. Come, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to bring it hey, down. Hey, it's Obi Wan's yeah. thirst cave. We. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a good. That was a good name. That was a good name. <laughs> I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little 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 tough yeah it's just like hey, good job <laughs> well anyway, anyway i anyway. think now that Sorry. we've <laughs> talked you know kind of in general how we feel about it i think we should get into some specifics and i think one of the more impressive ones obviously the bendu the one in the middle what did we think about yeah. this incredibly can powerful really consider, wise can we consider the bendu a beast because he has like a consciousness so like i would consider him more of a being Right. I mean, uh, I mean, and that's is, what I would call all of them nature, kind of right? mm. beings, because I think there's different levels of consciousness that we see in some of mm. these beings, because you have the 
the loath cats that are kind of, you know, you can tell that they're kind of force sensitive. You can connect with them, but they're, you know, they're cats. They're just kind of into themselves mostly. Um, Aren't the chaos, correct. And then you have, you know, up on the scale, then you have the loath wolves who at first just appear like they are a little bit more force sensitive, but then we find out that they can actually communicate. They actually know language and can actually speak. And then we have the Bendu, who seems to have been around forever, probably before even Jedi and Sith. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. the one in the middle. And But he's still a B because he's a non-humanoid character, I think, that mm-hmm. is more in touch with his own planet that than with, you know, everything mm-hmm. that's going on around him. So I think the Bendu, even though he's way above that and clearly even mm-hmm. more intelligent than humans themselves, would still mm-hmm. classify just because others would see it still as a creature. Mm. And that's how Kanan kind of identified the Bendu. But the Bendu is above and beyond what our human understanding would be. Yeah, I think the Bendu to me, like you, you describing it that way, to me, the Bendu is kind of like Tom Bombadil in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's like this random, random ass character that just shows up and it's, you know, very... It, you know, in tune with everything. And, and I was reading, because since no one really knows anything about Tom Bombadil, because he's just in the one chapter of Lord of the Rings, yeah. there's lots of like theories about like the character itself. So I was going through the YouTubes and seeing videos trying to explain what, what, the hell what Tom Bombadil deep, is. That's, that's a deep, and apparently, that's... and this is according to Tolkien to an extent, and obviously I'm paraphrasing. So this is, take it with a grain of salt because I'm paraphrasing a lot. Uh, like Tom Bombadil is one of the most ancient creatures in all of Middle Earth, and it's like incredibly powerful. And it could, it's like so powerful that he can resist the temptation of the ring. And you know, but he is so into nature and doing his own thing in his little part of the forest that he's disconnected from the, yeah. the do's and wants of the world around him. So that's probably a, if there's any Lord of the Rings fan that's like listening to this particular piece, I'm sorry. I, I did the best I <laughs> if could. If you're wrong, <laughs> if you're don't wrong, let, don't, we apologize. Yeah, don't don't let like this Lord of the Rings book mislead you into thinking that I'm a Lord of the Rings expert. I'm not, so I'm sorry. Uh, but that is my understanding of Tom Bombadil, and that's kind of like how I see Ben the Bendu now, especially mm-hmm. with how you were uh, framing uh, him, it, they, right in the in the show, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that's kind of in a sense what he wanted to be, right until he was forced to action because he didn't really want to interfere because he's in the middle, right? He's like, it's not, yeah. my, not my problem. I'm the bro. one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end, it's just like, okay, well, I gotta, gotta do something because Kanan's pushing my buttons up in this. <laughs> uh, so, you know, in, in, in a way, like the Bendu, besides being a Tom Bombadil type of character, he's kind of like the, the wills of the force, right? That Joda encounters in the cosmic force. So except in the terrestrial plane, Right, where mm-hmm. like the wills were kind of like in the ethereal, you know, force, yeah. netherworld type of thing. The Bendu is kind of like their, 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 their counterpart in the real world type of thing, in the physical realm to that yeah. extent. So he's kind of like that nexus point of the force, like in the li- like in the living force, and the wills are in the cosmic force, and they're like these creatures that just kind of connect the force with each other and connect nature and all these. Uh, beings and beasts and creatures uh, together through through th- that force i don't know if that makes any sense mo what do you think about the bendu well i, I kind of i'm just we're all speculating here uh, yeah, yeah. Like, 
harking back to like what Nani said a little bit earlier about like the force being more akin to mother nature like this could be like an avatar for a Gaia or something of that planet mm-hmm. like you know it's thousands of it's it's like the living planet's consciousness come to because like we see the bandu not also being force sensitive but like controlling the environment and affecting like like we we see powers that are beyond just like what's been considered like regular force powers Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there has to be like that connection with like the the planet and like the transcendence of like the force communing and like the 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 planet just being self-aware and this might just be like that manifestation Mm -hmm. of like nature mm-hmm. self i mean it's clearly individual that's for sure uh mm-hmm. like I, so, I don't so think in that it, sense do you think can the bendu on in this theory can the bendu is he like the room of requirement and he can be like wherever <laughs> he's needed type of thing or is he like exclusive to that planet each planet has its own bendu but there are in, individual consciousnesses or is the bendu yeah, like that's, a, that's... A one being a one being that just is you know is not limited to this to the, to the place right that it inhabits it can just move around as it is required through the force i feel like this one will be like more planet-based yeah mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, like just just the so fact they're bendai they're bendai <laughs> and then they're like then they're a combination of bendai and now we're getting into like marvel territory you know you get the celestials and like the, the grow yep. the seed growers like well, I mean, because it seems the Bendu is very attached to that planet specifically, because, yeah. you know, when he finally gets pissed off and becomes the storm, it's like, you brought war to my planet, you know? So yeah. it, it seems very specific. And it makes me think about how the loath wolves are that same, uh, like, form of manifested force power for Lothal. Like, mm-hmm. I think we can think about the planets themselves as how the different creatures themselves and humans and everybody can be how like some planets are more force sensitive than mm-hmm. others and then those planets mm-hmm. that are really force sensitive can kind of manifest their will through some of these creatures and so it's mm-hmm. like the will of the planet itself maybe you know acting as a guardian a protector of the planet itself so i don't know it's really interesting and then the bendu and a lot of the creatures and we'll get into it i think also have something to do or some type of connection to the world between worlds because in that first scene that we see the bendu you can see the morai flying above mm-hmm. the bendu and you know that the morai is kind of a representation of the daughter and then mm-hmm. it's the loath wolves that first tell ezra that he has to protect the secrets of the world between worlds so it seems like there's a connection here not mm-hmm. only with the living force but with the world between worlds and the ethereal force and everything so mm-hmm. it's it's all very good to speculate i mean we don't really know any of this for sure but there's so many little details that bring so much more to the show than you would think on first viewing that right. just right. just make the world so much richer because they think mm-hmm. about how these creatures influence what's going on in the storyline and these are the only the ones that we encounter through our family in the ghost. I mean, there's it opens up the possibilities of so many other creatures are, and so there are fantastic beasts. We just have to find them. Sorry, <laughs> I, I had I had to do that. Even though yeah, we do I not know. support what's her name, but you know, but, uh, 
but I had to do it because <laughs> it was right there. It was it was too too good to let go. <laughs> and that touche, could be a I good, like it too. That, that yeah. could be like a good spinoff show for from Rebels, just like you know, like a, a whatever is a, a, the equivalent of a magic zoologist in the in the in the force. Well, like a force a force zoologist, and it's like all these force sensitive uh, creatures, and someone's just like documenting them. That would be a cool. That'd be a cool series. Just, you know, be a cool story. That would be yeah. a really cool story, and see what they have, what a influence Pokemon they snap, have. But for Star Wars, <laughs> it's just like a Star Wars snap. You're just taking pictures of all these uh, force sensitive creatures. Or 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 push it out there. Push it. Push a force sensitive creature to be like the center, the point of view from that creature. Mm-hmm. And that could, could be a good series of YouTube shorts, and just like these little like fifteen minute episodes all the different creatures and just like their points of view through the force, which kind of like in a way, like when Tyson I'm, and we're going like, we're, we're going, we're going now. It's it kind of reminded, reminded me of when you were talking at the beginning more a little bit, is it about how we usually see the force as like this exclusive thing that Jedi and Sith use. And it reminded me a lot of the last Jedi when Luke is talking to Ray and he's trying to teach her about the force. And she's like, Oh, well, the force is just a power. Uh, the Jedi have that allows them to, you know, lift rocks and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, the Jedi, the Force is not a power that the Jedi have. The fo- and then like Luke just goes into explaining how it's the Force is just life, and you know how it's life and death and all the processes in between, and it's connected to everyone. And I'm like, and that's why, boys and girls, the Last Jedi is the best Star Wars since the original trilogy to understand what Star Wars is. Anyway, yes. closing that parenthesis. Yeah, and that ties into like rebels and everything that we're talking about because yeah, it's not it's not just force jumps and force pulls, mind tricks and lightsaber battles. It's just it's just it's just life, and with the Loth Wolf specifically, that life that connects to the beyond to some extent. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the really cool thing about the Loth Wolves too, and that's I think this is a question I have for everybody is like how do they connect to the Nether World, right? Because when Kanan became yeah. one with the force doom right doom. like that loth wolf that mm-hmm. has like Kanan's essence or his spirit what do you guys think what's going on there was he able to kind of like commune through the force through the wolf or was what was going on there what, what's your guys theory about what was happening with the loth wolf and Kanan and you know and and that connection with Ezra that happened in rebels I think you should Not get us started really on this one Mo. No, I think oh, Mo. Mo, and do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I guess, like the we we just have to make like parallels to, like how the like the force clearly it's like based on different like religious and like mm-hmm. cultural the aspects of spirituality that us mm-hmm. humans have gone through, and it's you know it's either this idea of the spirit animal the 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 idea mm-hmm. that. You know, we we ish possess like a spirit guide or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that like a connection between that spirit world and the physical reality. So that could be that could be like one interpretation. You know, we're seeing this is Cain uh, and spirit like guide, and both in his afterlife and Cain's like interaction with Ethra, because like there there is there is that connection that always happens with like the familiar. So because see, it could be seen that way. It could be seen like an avatar, you know, from more like um, 
perspective of like you know this this just is the the new manifestation of Canaan you know once Canaan passed away and but all of them are just like that like that manifestation of like the force involving itself and because it it creates the idea that the force is way more is conscious yes that there there is a consciousness to the force it's mm -hmm. not just it's not chaotic it's 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 actually it's a consciousness that's always that always tends towards balance so if there is mm -hmm. something that there's imbalance then that will create an event to bring it back to balance uh i think that's what we see like and the the the, the love love wolves like you know we as humans like we've been scared of wolves like mm -hmm. but at the same time mm -hmm. it's from wolves that we have men's best friend the dogs which is like yeah. it's like that idea that once we both get to know each other and we both get to like commune mm -hmm. and co-evolve and develop each other's protect while at the same time protecting and taking care of each other then you have we can start artificially selecting them uh, and you start eagles and, <laughs> and pugs but, but then you eventually you, you eventually get to like instead of lost wolves lost fox but <laughs> you imagine like a pug just teleporting one, just teleporting <laughs> like lost pugs <laughs> It's like it's like in the corner of, of your house. It that teleports to the other corner. It's like, God damn it. Just like <laughs> Yeah, just like put me out of my I still. I, I'm not yeah, I'm not a I should not exist. Mm -hmm. I should not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it will that. still have a strong connection to the force though. Lots oh, that's what I'm I mean, saying. It would, like... it would not have a strong as strong of an impact if, if Kanan had come back into a lot pug <laughs> instead of a lot of wolf, though. Especially so I'm, the I'm glad, giant giant doom. Right, right. Because Doom is just this yeah. giant, yeah, powerful Loth wolf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think the Loth wolves are really, really interesting because from the beginning it was kind of assumed that they had gone extinct. So Ezra is really surprised when he first sees one, mm -hmm. and the Loth wolves had helped Ezra along a little bit before they started, you know, having the stronger connection with Kanan. So we had kind of seen them around and we kind of assumed mm -hmm. that they were maybe a more evolved version of, you know, the Lothcats. But then mm -hmm. we find out how strong they really are in the force. And I think it's a lot with what you were saying, Mo, about it's the force and the force has a will and it doesn't necessarily have to do with light side, dark side. It's about finding balance so that mm -hmm. you can see that the Lothals were very, you know, they had kept hidden. They only involved themselves in minor ways yeah so the those wolves had kept themselves kind of to the sidelines until the moment that the sith and you know the empire breaks into the jedi temple and is probably and is trying to control the world between worlds that's really when the loath wolves decide to act because mm -hmm. if the Sith, if the Empire take control of the world between worlds that would shift the balance in a way that could have been irrevocable you know mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's when they decide to finally intervene and i like that at that moment first you know they save uh our team from imminent destruction because they were about to be destroyed and it's ezra obviously that communes with them more but then they have to wait for kanan to make that connection they were specifically mm -hmm. waiting for kanan i don't know if they 
knew that it was Canaan's will that was ultimately going to spur everybody to really protect, you know, the world between worlds and everything, maybe through his death, because mm-hmm. the wolves seemed to know that it was coming, that mm-hmm. Canaan's death was coming. And Dogs that know. with Dogs know. And that oh. and that with that death, everybody was gonna think twice about everything they did because they lost basically their leader. Uh, Ezra lost his mentor, a father figure, a brother figure, all of this. And mm-hmm. you can see in how the treatment of the Lothwolves after Canaan dies, that they kind of try to chase Ezra and Ezra runs and they get really pissed at him. Like, why are you fearful? Why are you running? Why are you doing this? And then that's when mm-hmm. doom shows up. And I think it is really a manifestation of Canaan's will mm-hmm. that don't stop. You need to keep going. You need to protect the Jedi temple because by you protecting that, you're protecting my family. You're protecting my wife. You're protecting my kid. Cause he probably knew about the kid too. Oh, hey, oh, hey no. So, he knows. so he knows. it was this incredibly, <laughs> yeah kind of just overprotective you have to do this for me Mm -hmm. you have to keep going you can't give up and there was something incredibly beautiful about the fact that especially doom looks really scary you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's so wise at the same time so it's it's a great interpretation of you know Kanan died now I'm gonna creep you out but motivate you at the same time to protect everybody protect this planet protect my family right. i don't know it's, it's, yeah no like I, I was like the way you portrayed it also made me think like what if it's not like k like doing like caleb's like actual it's actually Ezra manifesting like you know you, you just lost this is like the one division of mm-hmm. like the force you know that's right using the force and like manif- it's like manifesting himself eh. projecting this idea that you know now the this creature that i was afraid of now becomes my mentor because like at one point Ezra was you know intimidated afraid of the by, wolves. yeah mm-hmm. afraid of both those wolf and canaan before like yeah. they actually became friends True. like mm-hmm. so there is that resemblance of like, mm-hmm. you know, n- now, you know, my, I-, I need to be my own mentor, but that doesn't mean I have to be my own mentor. I can, the force can project itself into the mentor mm-hmm. I need to be. I like that. <laughs> I, 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 I like it. I dig it. Even though I don't think, even though I don't agree. That's what it but is. I, I, <laughs> but I dig it, but I dig it. Uh, I do, I do think that there's like a, there's a power to that. Right, but I think there's also like a power in to it being Canaan because yeah. it also ties with the whole Obi Wan thing. It's just like if you strike me down, I become more powerful than you ever imagined. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it's kind of like proving like Star Wars making a point. It's like okay, you know how I kind of looked like Obi Wan was lying there because he didn't really do anything to prove that he was powerful <laughs> in death. <laughs> well, here, here, here you go. Here's Canaan. He's not, you know, he's not corporeal because he, you know, he can't do it yet because. You're not supposed yep. to until then, uh, but you know he's able to kind of transcend through the force in a way that I think is very sensitive to how Ezra and him communed with the force, and it's just like they've always had that connection with creatures, and especially Ezra, who's even stronger yeah. in terms of that connection. So I think it says a lot that like Kanan was able to 
come from the beyond in a way that was very uh, sensitive to Ezra's sensibilities. And it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, you, it's like, look, like these creatures, you've been have you've had connections before with creatures like this. So I'm coming to talk to you through a creature, which is a way that you're very empath- empathetic through the force. And I will, I will guide you as you learn to let go. But in doing so, he kind of la- leaves a lasting impression, I think, in Ezra too, because it's like, okay, I'm letting go through creatures and that's how you connect to the force. So hopefully that connection strengths, strengthens itself even more because now you'll see like that your mentor doesn't have to be corporeal, right? It can just be through the mm-hmm. force, through the creatures that you are able to find your strength through that force. So hopefully we get see that more like going forward when we see Ezra eventually in live Coming action back. and animation. Mm-hmm. He keeps communing with Kanan through other creatures because that's how maybe how Kanan comes back or maybe maybe not. Maybe he just like through just uh, his connection to animals, his force powers are strengthened. Doesn't necessarily have to be because he's talking to Kanan. It's just because he's, you know, being empathic with with them, uh, especially the Purgle. I want to see Ezra, you know, have like a free willy moment where he's just like with the Purgle <laughs> and Shamu and so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. And then Michael Jackson plays in the background. Uh, oh, make that happen. I want to see that in the Ahsoka show. Make we just showed our age. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's, it's completely fine. <laughs> Free Willy, it's a classic. It's a classic. It is, it is, it is. If, if um, not, uh, Ezra with like a little poor drill, just like a baby poor drill, just yeah. like chilling on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, going back to the Purgles, which, yeah, it would be great to have, you know, the little baby one, but it was really cool when Ezra first communed with the Purgles, how his eyes became, you know, star flecked and moving, you know, continuously like the Purgles own eyes. So it's not just, it's not just being able to communicate. It's kind of, he lets, Ezra lets his guard down so much that he's actually Mm -hmm. able to break down those walls and let those creatures in. And he can actually see their thoughts. So mm-hmm. Ezra is not only able to communicate, but he's able to see the world from the eyes of all these different creatures, from their perspective. And I think right. that's what makes his character so profoundly powerful because he not only sees through his own eyes and what he needs and everything, but he's able to expand all of that through seeing life from other creatures mm-hmm. perspectives maybe creatures mm-hmm. that have been treated badly throughout the history and now he can empathize with all of them right. and grow and what and what better way to make a statement about how we should all be as human beings to each other than through that type of uh, visual communication right in rebels and like you said mother this is a show geared primarily towards you know younger a younger audience so i think that's an extremely good way to start talking about like how we empathize with our fellow human. It's just like, hey, they may mm-hmm. look different. They may have different experiences, but if you just let your guard down, you just connect with them through the four. Oh, that was kind of epic when I said that the wind blew most hair in a beautiful way. Beautiful. They had their eyes closed. I was like, oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> the force, the force wills everything. Just with this. Uh, uh, but yeah, we can connect with everyone in, 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 uh, in a better way. So I think those lessons transcend how rebels kind of teaches us to, you know, see creatures and animals, but also how we just see ourselves 
and others because we always have to just connect with everyone else as we want to connect with ourselves because there's always a little bit of ourselves and someone else because we're all going through similar experiences and I think that's what Ezra sees when he touches you know these creatures through the force we say like the fernox so they look dark and they're dark sidey creatures mm -hmm. but he sees darkness in them but the same darkness that he might have inside of him and that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that that makes you inherently dark it just means that you that you you're going through stuff too man and we're just we're just trying we're just trying to live we're just trying to be cool with each other so i think rebels is really impressive in that sense and i think the show is a wealth in that sense like the more you dig into it the more you find it's a it's, it's a gem man and it's just a, it's a polished gem we just keep polishing it and it's just polished. shines brighter every single time rebels yeah. remembered rebels, rebels remembered remember. so just all beautiful i i think like what you were saying Lani, like it's the commune like the, it's, a, it's an actual communion that's what's mm -hmm. happening like it's the the idea that we we are you're me i'm you we're all each other and that's what the force is you know it's just manifestation of itself mm -hmm. over and over again in different forms and uh, aberrations and mm -hmm. formations and whatever you want to call it i mean mm -hmm. and we're all we're all creatures at the end of the day even us humans yes were. <laughs> of course <laughs> and i'm we sure all from apes i don't know who needs to know that but we all evolved uh we're not we're not unique it's a evolution it's a, it's a tree it's a tree it's not a ladder just in case anyone needs a refresher on biology so yeah we are all connected because we all come from the same and we're not nearly as smart as we think we are or as evolved no, as we think enough. we are yeah I, I i love the idea that you know probably there's alien life out there that's just been through this planet and be like oh that's just all yeah, dumb never species. mind like never mind <laughs> yeah. There's zero, zero size of intelligence. They're completely <laughs> primitive still. Just leave yeah. them alone. Let them evolve <laughs> <Yeah>. a little more. <laughs> I'm back in a few thousand years. Maybe mm -hmm. they haven't killed themselves. By <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've, I think we're done with the conversation, right? Unless anybody has any last thoughts. I think we've dug into a little bit of, you know, the magic that is all these magic. creatures the of star yeah. wars rebels and and i just i really hope that we get more treatments like this in future mm -hmm. media that star wars produces that we don't forget how beautiful this was and how well it worked and it's it's a big galaxy out there we need to see mm -hmm. more characters like this and like mo was saying i think that make you know maybe some of these characters make them the main characters you know, okay. and let's see through them and see how they work within the force and how it upends what we think about light side, dark side. Mm -hmm. There's always the one in the middle. There's always the one in the middle. There's always the one in the middle. I, I also want to give a shout out. I don't know if they've, they've been called force sensitive, but the puffer mm -hmm. pigs are amazing. They just look around, they smile, and if they feel threatened, they just <laughs> roll around. <laughs> I totally forgot about them. Uh, <laughs> sure, let's let's call them. Let's call them for sense. Let's call them. Why not? You know what? Lando Carlisian introduced us puffer pigs, so that that should count us for something. <laughs> it, and at, at at the very least, if they're not if we're sensitive, they are sexy because Lando doesn't mess around with anything that is not sexy. So keep that's that in very mind. true. Put that in your that's bike. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. 
<laughs> and the force is sexy, so. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, last thoughts or? Uh, last thoughts uh, beyond what you said. Yeah, I definitely want to see like more of this because, and I want to see it uh, translated into live action too because I don't mm -hmm. think it's fair for animation to have to be the only place where it's the only fun you know where star wars can kind of let loose can be and weird get creative yeah. and be weird mm -hmm. and, like do all these like really meaningful and like different types of explorations of uh, what star wars can be i wish live action loosened up a little bit and just you know did kind of similar similar things i did i did do a post on twitter the other day saying like hey i wish star wars were a little bit more like star trek and like we're, we're yeah. weren't weren't up on was was unapologetic about the things that it's doing and you know and what i mean by that is you said you know star trek has always been and it's again diverging a little bit from the mm -hmm. creatures talk but it, 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 it ties it ties i promise and but star trek has always been since day one you know never been afraid to be what it is which is like a, a show and movies that are about the future and an optimistic future and a uh potential utopias of like how we can be as as humans that are you know uh, integrated and accepting and liberal and like all these like things that some people like to use in a, in a that like to categorize in a, in a negative way as woke but that's what star trek has always been is never made any apologies for it and yeah. i wish star wars did the same i wish it didn't limit itself to publishing and animation to be the things that you know to the, break boundaries it, only through aspire, yeah that yeah. it aspires mm -hmm. to be so hopefully live action and, and live action series and movies take take some cues and learn that these are things that we all want and that they should be doing because other media has done it have been successful doing it mm -hmm. and yeah i want to see i want to see more of it i want to see gay purgles i want to see a bunch yeah. of weird things it's like come on let's go mm -hmm. the time the time hey. is nigh what do, you, what, what do you think the Purgers are doing hyperspacing going through time? They're, they're smart, those massive Purger orgies do not discriminate <laughs> what's happening. As long as there's consent. Those yeah. tentacles, those tentacles <laughs> do not do not discriminate, you know. They, yeah, if anyone is familiar with Japanese culture, <laughs> you know what you know what I'm most implying. That's yep. all I'm gonna say about that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to go into details. This is a family-friendly show, goddamn. However, be careful with your YouTube searches. Be careful with your Amazon purchases. You'll find some weird stuff in there. Be, uh, based not, on you know what? Don't be afraid. Purgle appendages. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Go for yeah. Explore your weird Explore side. There's your nothing weird. wrong yeah. with that. It's nothing wrong with it. No. Yeah. And just remember, if you haven't listened to our Obi-Wan's Thirst Cave, we are always in favor of things getting weird, especially yeah. in Star Wars. I mean, it is a huge galaxy. Why are we not exploring the weird things? Yeah. That's okay. what I have Absolutely. to say. But I think with that, we are done for today. Yes. Yes. Until the yes. next one. Until the next one. We still have some awesome things to talk about Rebels because if you haven't noticed, we love Rebels. Hashtag mm -hmm. Rebels Remembered. So until next time, we are Triad of the Force. Remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Yes, you can please. find us everywhere that podcast can be found twitter youtube facebook just anywhere search for us remember about the amidala initiative and if you are willing and able please cooperate because 
trans rights are human rights and we are in mm -hmm. favor of defending all human rights. So until next time, may the force be with you.